everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestrinino here with some bonus Survivor coverage here in the preseason. And first, let me just welcome uh, Alex Kidwell's here today. Alex, how are you? Oh, hey, how's it going? You're in the studio, just hanging out for a little bit, talking about what's coming up today on the podcast, Alex. And I've got a fun show two weeks away from the Survivor premiere. Are you stoked? Oh, I couldn't be uh, more pumped at this point. Couldn't be more excited. So we have first today... Erin Sebula from ET Canada. She was out on location with Josh, with Dalton Ross, with Gordon Holmes, with the whole ET Canada crew. She did preseason interviews with all of the players. She is going to be talking to me about what she witnessed up close and personal. If you've seen any of her videos, uh, they're really fun to watch. I'll have links to all of them in the show notes on robinswebsite.com. Have you watched any of the ET Canada videos? I haven't checked those out yet. I need to get on that. I can tell from uh, Josh's articles that that whole gang came back with a lot more than a tan, though. (laughs) What does that mean? Uh, clearly some good information. A lot of, uh, you know, tidbits on these, uh, returning players. Oh, it sounds like that they had like some crazy stories of like, uh, well, Hey, I, I went to Cancun and, uh, came back with more than a tan. Yeah. What happens in Fiji stays in Fiji. Yeah, good. Okay. No, just outstanding content. This is, it's almost too much preseason content. It's pretty overwhelming. I uh, don't even need the season. I need the season to start in like four weeks so I can catch up on all the preseason content. Yeah. I don't even know what pregame alliances I'm about to watch get broken. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of time we have to cram for a survivor season. It's like the SAT's survivor now. So that's what we're going to do first. Then I'm going to be speaking with Jillian Larson. It's an annual tradition. I talked to Jillian about what she has in store for Reality Rally 2017. Are, are you going down to Temecula for the reality rally? I am. I'm yes. a West Coast kid now. I'm actually going to make my reality rally debut appearance. They should year. be promoting that you're going to go to the reality rally. <laughs> uh, well, you know, yeah, you could just put me on the list right under the naked and afraid people <laughs> yeah, as right like there. in terms of significance. <laughs> right. So, yeah, get you on the website. That couldn't <laughs> hurt if you're going to be down there for the reality rally. Uh, you're going to have a lot of fun down in Temecula. So first, Aaron Sebula. Then Jillian Larson here on a jam-packed uh, podcast. And this is just a little bit of a respite in between my own Game Changers cast previews. On Wednesday, I put up the Malcolm and Sarah Lucina joint. Uh, then on Friday, I've got JT and fan favorite Sierra Dawn Thomas coming up. The hits just keep on coming, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, you're drowning. You're drowning in podcasts right now. Want to make sure you don't miss any of it. Subscribe to the podcast. Rob is a website.com slash iTunes. Before we get to my conversation with Aaron, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. This is our friends over at 5-4 Club, the outstanding menswear apparel company. Alex, now I'm one of the worst dressers around. Is that fair or unfair? Probably fair. Now, I'm right. What, what I'm, describe what I'm wearing right now. Uh, you're wearing jeans, which trump my sweatpants. So yeah, I don't I really know so. that I'm one to speak. Total disaster. I need all the help that I can get. That's where Five Four Club comes in because I have long wanted to be involved with a sponsor that was going to just figure it out for me. And that's what Five Four Club does. They are going to send you once a month, two to four seasonally curated items that are going to match the pre-selected style profile you have. Classic, casual, forward, mix. Podcaster is not one of the, nobody wants to dress like this. No. Not on the list. As well, they should not. It's a great deal. It's $60 a month. They send you the items. You don't have to go to the store. 
You don't have to mess with anything. They've got all sorts of great designers coming up with unique items from them, from designers like all of my favorites, Mark McNary, Robert Geller, Poggy the Man. Nice. And they send you everything with free shipping. It's a great way to build up your wardrobe over time. You don't have to worry about anything. And they've got a fantastic promo, 54club.com. Use promo code RHAP at sign up and get 50% off your first month's package. And... A free pair of 5-4 sunglasses, which are valued at over $75. That offer expires February 28th. So go ahead. It'll be a game changer for your wardrobe at 54club.com. Use the promo code RHAP. And February is all about Poggy the Man, okay? Yeah. Your yeah. favorite, too. Hey, this is exciting. Finally, some hope for all of us slobs who can't dress ourselves. I'm so excited right now. Okay, so 54club.com. That's F-I-V-E-F-O-U-R club.com. Use promo code RHAP at sign up and get 50% off your first month's package and a pair of 5-4 sunglasses valued at $75. Offer expires February 28th. 2017. All right, Alex, prepare to be amazed. Here comes my interview with Aaron from ET Canada, and then we'll get ready to talk Jillian Larson from the Reality Rally. Oh, boy. All right, I'm very excited to talk to our next guest on the podcast today because she was out on location for Survivor Game Changers. She's been out there a couple of times and has a lot of great behind-the-scenes stories about this season. And we'll be covering Survivor all season long with Parvati Shallow for the post-tribal. That's the ET Canada Survivor Exit Interview podcast. And then also has a very special Survivor preview the night of the premiere, Survivor Game Changers, the ET Canada pre-show. Here is Aaron Sebula. Aaron, how are you? Hello, Rob. I'm doing really well. How are you? Very excited to talk to you. I can't believe so you guys are doing a pre-show the night of the Survivor premiere, and it's a two-hour episode. I mean, you're going to yes. be locked in the night of March 8th. Oh, I sure am. And we've been waiting. Well, you know that... Um Season 34 was shot quite some time ago. We visited the Fijian set uh, back in June. So we've been waiting and just you know, itching to release this footage and to release everything that we were able to capture there. And I just can't wait because we got some good stuff this time around. Okay, well, I'm dying to talk to you about your interactions with all of the cast. I watched a lot of the interviews that you posted. How did you guys release the interviews? Did you guys just put them all out at once? We, uh, well, when the embargo was lifted and, and, and we were all, uh, including yourself, allowed to talk about all mm -hmm. the uh, returning players, all the game changers, I believe that we released uh, a, a story first that showed our first 10 players. The next day we did the next 10. And then after that, every day we've been releasing yeah. new content. Um, so as of right now, all 20 castaways have um, our, my one-on-one -on -one with them is featured on etcanada.com. Easy to find. You just search Survivor and they're all there. And they're pretty much uncut. Like they're just, yeah. it's the two of us sitting down on Castaway Island and I'm just hammering them for information on, you know, strategy and why they think they're there and who they think their biggest threats are. It was, it's, it's really fun to watch. And I thought it was really interesting that you guys did it that way because most everybody between what Josh and Dalton and Gordon and even what I've been doing has sort of been like, okay, like, you know, here's one a day, here's something a day, here's something a day. But this was like a Netflix model of that I could just go on and binge <laughs> all of the interviews 
And it, it was really fun. You know, I watched a bunch of them while I was eating lunch today and just going from <laughs> one into another. I had, you know, I had Malcolm, Tony, JT, Sari, Sandra, you know, one, one after the next. And yeah. I really did get to feel like I was experiencing them, you know, sitting down and talking with them. You know, I, I've read so much of what they've been saying, but then to see them in uh-huh. their own words, having a conversation, it was very fun. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you had a chance to watch. Yeah, it's um, it is pretty good binge watching. And I think when you get to see them, like you said, you know, back to back, you know, you hear a lot of, um, you know, a lot of similar uh, or you, ex- you you see that a lot of them are approaching the game in similar ways or in very different ways. But you get to see the contrast right away in, in the different styles of gameplay and different personalities. And it's fun. And you feel I mean, I sat across from them, so I had that experience. But even watching them back, it kind of transported me back to that island again and and got me just incredibly pumped for the season. I think it's going to be a great one. So I want to get from you a lot of your takeaways on the different people that you talked to specifically. But I felt like overall, I thought that almost everybody seemed very confident going into this thing. I I was almost surprised Mm -hmm. by the confidence level because I was like trying to put myself in that position and, and maybe it speaks to why I I don't go play survivor uh, that I would say to myself, like, gee, if I can make it three days, I'd be happy. And then let's just see what happens from there. I don't want to make any promises. I'm going in with low expectations. I think is how I would view it. But almost everybody to a person made it sound like that. They felt like that they had a great shot to win this thing. Yeah, I, I felt I was, I guess I wasn't surprised, but, you know, I thought that there would be a little more, you know, humility is not the right word, but, you know, a little bit of that, wow, you know, you've got these you know winners here. I'm not sure if I can, you know, hold a candle to them. But I think when, when you put a title like Game Changers, you know, onto the season and you put that kind of pressure onto these players, I think a lot of them felt they had to come into it with, with the, that kind of attitude. And I think whether they feel it or not is another story, but they definitely were all, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and, and kind of, you know, you know, that bravado and that like, I've got this, I'm the one to fear um, kind of attitude was prevalent. Yeah. in I would say every single castaway I spoke to. A lot. Yeah, a lot of confidence happening there. Now, another thing that I noticed from these players, and I thought that this was actually a pretty stark contrast from what was going on with Survivor Second Chances, which Mm -hmm. you were out there as well during that preseason, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. I felt like that the players here, while confident... I thought that they really held their cards pretty close to the vest for the most part in most of the preseason interviews that I've read in comparison to Survivor Second Chances. Did you feel that way? So you're saying you think that the game changers are being more protective of their cards? or, or- Yeah, I think that the game changers seem like that they've been a little bit more secretive in terms of what they're going to do in terms of who their targets are and who they're going mm-hmm. after. And maybe I'm just having like a, a false memory of, you know, we all remember Jeff Varner being so over the top back in that. But I feel like that there was more in the preseason of here's who I'm gunning for. I definitely am going to work with this person. I'm definitely not going to work with this person. And this time I felt like that there was a little bit more. Well, you know, let's let bygones be bygones if they know the person and weren't really saying like, no, this person is gone day one. Yeah, I would agree. I think the only really out of if I think back to, you know, all those interviews that day, the only person or the only name that came up repeatedly was Tony. Mm -hmm. People saying we got to get Tony out of here. 
that was, you know, really from what I remember, whereas like you said, yeah, Varner for second chance, you know, he was open about a pregame alliance with Kimmy. You know, there, there was more talk about who, about, yeah, people were more open about who they were willing to work with. I think, I think you have a lot of um, people coming in this sort of as lone soldiers. It'll be interesting to see how people actually pair up and who they look to align with. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that the players seemed like that they were downplaying whatever sort of pre-gaming might've been going on uh, this time around? Was it because they sort of saw with Jeff that it didn't work out great the last time? Yeah, that could be part of it. I I think we have a lot of, we have a lot of big egos Mm -hmm. on this, on this cast. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I think they're fantastic people. Um, but I, you know, I think especially those first interviews and they know they're going to go out there into the world. I think a a lot of these players probably think, well, I got to make it look like I got this on my own. Like I, of course, I'm going to need alliances. Of course I'll need, you know, people to work with, but I'm coming in this with so much confidence right now that like, as of right now, I don't even need anybody because I got this figured out. You know, maybe that's the strategy for some of them. One of the things that has surprised me in absorbing all of the preseason content that uh, you guys have all done is it seems like that people are really gunning for uh, Tony and Sandra specifically. It seems like that yeah. they are very much on everybody's radar. And I think that we all assume that they would be. But I think I've been surprised to what degree people seem like they are gunning for those two in particular. Did you also get that sense? Absolutely. And I was really surprised because, I mean, yes, they're winners and they're threats and they're dangerous players, but so are so many other people on that island. I think, you know, let's not underestimate some of these other players. Like, I think Zeke is a force. Aubrey, um, after seeing Michaela last season, that's somebody who obviously has a, a strategic mind and can kill it in challenges. So, yeah, I was a little surprised that there was so much heat going towards the two. You know, I mean, Sandra obviously is the biggest winner in the game, um, having won you know more than anyone else. But um, but I think yeah, maybe it's just the obvious choice, and maybe it's kind of like the easy thing to throw out there at that stage of the game. Now, when you spoke with Tony, you commented on that you thought it seemed like he was having a lot of fun out there. Did you feel like that he was in a good headspace to go back out there and face all these people who were going to be gunning for him? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what a good headspace is for Tony because that is one, uh, you know, like really, really wild guy. Um, But he was definitely, he was, boisterous and happy and I think extremely excited to be there. I I almost got the sense that of course he wants to win. I have no doubt that, you know, Tony is one of those guys that, you know, is used to winning. But I almost got the sense that he was he would be happy just to, you know, just to be there just for another go at it. Um I, I don't I don't know. There was something really playful about him, really goofy. I, I think there's, I think there's for him that it's not so maybe so much about winning this time. I think he's really going to, going to go and have a really, have a really good time on the Island. I hope so. I hope he has a fun time. He said one thing to you where he said, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play and I'm going to go, I'm going to keep playing until I don't win. And then I'll never play again. Uh, and I yeah. almost like uh, that disappointed me to hear him say that if he doesn't win this time, that's it. He's done with survivor. He's going to take his ball. And that's that's it. You won't see him again. 
And I hope that that won't be the case if he can't pull off a miracle and win again. Yeah, but it's Tony, right? I mean, he can always go back on he can always go back on that word on his word there. I, <laughs> I mean, guess so. It wasn't like we didn't pinky swear. Has he over done that it, before? So. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, not that I know of, but I can see uh, he's I, he's so unpredictable, and I think he just he just goes with whatever he feels. And hey, I mean, if it doesn't work out for him this time around. Knows. I, I think I don't think you could ever count Tony out. Aaron, I thought you had a good observation too when he was talking about how he, Sandra is a competition for him because she's won twice. And if I win, then I will have won twice and she will have lost and she will have a blemish. And then she won't be the queen. <laughs> I'll be the king of Survivor. And you had asked him, like, well, is that like a, your ultimate goal here? He's like, no, that would be the cherry on top of the cake. But I think that Tony and Sandra need each other more than any other two other people need each other in this game. Yeah, agreed. I'd love to see those two work together. It'd be interesting. Fireworks. It? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're so volatile, both of them. And and I mean, sitting across from both of those people, they have, um, I don't encounter people like that a lot in my regular everyday life. I, I really enjoyed both of them because they are both larger than life. Well, let's talk about Sandra a little bit as well. I found her to be a little subdued in her conversation uh, talking with you. I didn't think that she was, uh, you know, again, I, I watched her, I think, right after Tony. So I guess anybody seems subdued. Well, after yeah, Tony. exactly. <laughs> but what did you think about uh, Sandra's uh, attitude going into the game? I think she's just Sandra's like. The queen is the queen. Mm -hmm. Like nobody messes with me. I don't think she feels that she even needs to explain herself. You know, she Sandra's <laughs> like, this is me. And just sit back and watch me do my thing. I think her confidence is comes in, in her when she's quiet and her danger is when she's quiet. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's when she's her most dangerous. I thought it was also really interesting when she had said to you that if I can get past the first tribal council and mm -hmm. I, and she said, even if and I, what I mean is if I can make it to day four, even if the other tribe loses and they and they go to tribal council, if I can get through their first tribal council, then I'm good. I just need to get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. She she's obviously had some time to think about this yeah. and she's yeah. looking ahead. She's she she knows that she has a target on her back mm -hmm. that that was, you know, right out of the gate. She was pretty upfront about that. But do you think do you think she's going to make it that long? I don't know. I think it's going to be tough. What I really liked was what she said about how she said, OK, you got either Malcolm or Ozzy. So I'm either going to be on a tribe with Malcolm or mm -hmm. Ozzy. They're not going to put Malcolm and Ozzy on the same tribe. So. What I'm going to say to them is, hey, you, t you take care of me in the beginning and then I've got your back when people say, hey, yeah. let's get rid of this person. And I really did like that. I think that that was probably the ideal thing that you'd want to have her be saying. Now, I think that that would actually work better with Ozzy than with Malcolm. It turns out that she's going to be with Malcolm and Malcolm in his conversation with you was saying how he is very concerned about Sandra. So I don't know if that's necessarily uh -huh. a good fit, but I like the idea from Sandra. Yeah, I think it makes sense too to have these dominant sort of, you know, alpha challenge winning men, you know, backing her up. And Malcolm, I could see Malcolm being game for that. I, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if the two of them will have the chemistry mm. to work together. We'll, 
We'll, ha- we'll just have to wait and see, I think. Okay, well, I want to talk about Malcolm because one of the, my big surprises from the free season was how cocky Malcolm has been uh, coming into <laughs> yeah. this. And, you know, I don't want to say it's off-putting or anything like that, but I really was surprised of, you know, how big of a game he's talking in the preseason. Did that surprise you at all in your conversation with him? Uh, not really. I think that Malcolm is was really playing it up. You know, he he was having some fun with it. And yes, he was definitely cocky and overconfident. Um, But I think there was he was also being really playful with me. I mean, he I don't know if you saw we were getting some B-roll of him and he was just like opening up his his shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was playing it up, you know, for the. For the lady journalist, you know, he and that's that's always been one of, you know, one of his secret weapons. Right. It's his ability to flirt mm-hmm. and be really charming. And and we'll see. I mean, it kind of worked on me. I don't I don't know if oh. it'll work the same on Sandra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, though, because he's playing as a third timer. But his second time was sort of that he was like the new kid at the school where everybody else already knew each other. So we really never got to see this uh, very flamboyant side of his personality in the preseason. So uh, now here he is as somebody who is now feeling his oats a little bit coming back. Uh-huh. So that was interesting. And I feel like that he could be set up very well here. So um, I'm very interested to see what he does in this season. Me too. I, I think with, with such a group of strong players like this, I think you have to kind of amp up your whatever it is you have. Right. And Malcolm has that, you know, that charisma, that sort of flirtiness, that bubbly nature. So he's cranking it up, you know, mm. just the same way Tony's cranking up this spy shack and all his, you know, the things, the crazy things he's going to do that no one's going to know. And, you know, I think everybody is just turning their amps up to 11, as they say. And Malcolm said that he is in great shape and he threw some major shade at both JT and Ozzy and said <laughs> that they got fat. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I know. I know. I thought that good. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, he's just being a sass, right? He's just stirring <laughs> it up. He's stirring the pot. And you know what? I actually, I, I was a little surprised when I saw both Ozzy and JT. They were a little, you know, a little heavier. I'm sure they're still in great hey, shape. that's smart. A little heavier than, of course. And that was, you need that extra bit of cushion there on the island to last you 39 days, right? Aaron, if you ask me, Ozzy didn't come back fat enough. Ozzy should have put on like 30 <laughs> pounds to go back out there. Because if you're Ozzy or you're JT then your biggest thing is people are going to say, oh, well, the people are going to vote me out because I'm a threat. Well, that you got to downplay that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also too, just the, the, the amount of, especially for Ozzy, the amount of ca- calories that guy's going to be burning, climbing trees and fishing and doing all the things we know Ozzy's going to do. No, that's a smart move to come into Survivor. You want to be, you know, 15 pounds heavy coming into Survivor and have the weight to lose rather than these guys who come in and like have 6% body fat and then they're uh, like uh, medevac. Uh, I'm not going to name names uh, uh, yeah. people that we've it's, seen before. It's true. Yeah. Quite often they yeah. do struggle. Yeah, it's true. No, you're right. And Boston Rob, I think, did that the best when he went back on Redemption Island. I think he uh, definitely put some weight on and then, it, you know, it comes off around the merge. You look good eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I think a lot of people could probably use a little survivor uh, getaway. You know? <laughs> in the cast so or that in, in real life? <laughs> I think in, in just real life, the survivor diet. It's not bad. But going back to JT, I thought he was interesting as well. 
And he was talking about, you know, we've all talked about, you know, that he wrote the letter to Russell Hands and he made the big move. And, and you know, uh, Josh and I had been talking about this as well, that he doesn't regret that move. That's not what he regrets. And I thought that he made a good point in terms of, hey, he didn't go down looking at a called strike three. He went down and he, and he swung for the fences and it didn't work. And he can live with that. And I feel like that this is an exciting season for me because I think you have a lot of players that are out there with that mentality. I also think that I got the impression from JT in that moment that he's also maybe willing to be to play a little tougher, a little rougher, maybe even a little meaner this time around. I do. Yeah, I I think we might see more from JT on that side of things. I think he's still going to be I mean, he's still going to be somebody that most people root for in in a good Mm -hmm. guy kind of way. But I, I think he's maybe willing to to put more on the line this time around and maybe make decisions that um, that may shock the audience a little bit. I thought that he might have been barking up the wrong tree, though, with his idea of people will look at him and say, oh, that was the guy who gave an idol to Russell Hans. So if he was willing to trust Russell Hans, then he'll be willing to trust me. And I felt like there was a little bit of like a false equivalency there in terms of how other people were going to look at JT. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure. I, yeah, I'm not quite sure about that either. Then turning to Ozzy, I, I felt like that I was actually a little surprised that I thought that maybe Ozzy was one of the people who I thought wasn't as cocky in talking about what he can do in the game. Did that surprise you at all? Yeah, actually, Ozzy in general surprised me. I um, no, I'd enjoyed watching him on the show. And I thought that he would be um, a much more, uh, you know, sort of dynamic person to talk to. And he was very subdued. Um, you know, he turned it up a little bit for our interview, but you know, just even when the cameras weren't rolling, he was just—he's kind of quiet. He was very sort of calm, and and I, you know, maybe I don't know, I don't know if he was zen or not. <laughs> but there was there's something about him, like it, maybe it's the quiet confidence. But um, but yeah, I expected a little more, you know, a little trash talk, or just. Or a little bit of that Aussie, um, uh, that Aussie confidence that we've been used to. But I, I didn't really get a sense of that either talking to him. I, I was surprised. He actually surprised all of us in our, in our crew. We're like, oh, that's not the Aussie we expected to be sitting down with. Did you find that to be quiet confidence or did you feel like that he was aloof? I would say more aloof. Ooh. That's how I, that's how I felt. Aussie. That's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about Suri? Uh, again, very fun to go through everything. And it is really, you know, you have to pinch yourself as a Survivor fan and say like, oh yeah, we, we get yeah. to see Suri play again. And, you know, she was all smiles yeah. in her interview with you. She has a, a personality that, I mean, she charmed me within a minute mm-hmm. of speaking to her. I, I think it would be really hard to vote her out because she's so darn likable. She's just, you feel yeah. like she's this mama. She just wants to give you a hug and make you feel good. And I mean, I, I know you can't trust her, but you want to. Yeah, she's got to keep that. I, I've i said often about your uh, podcast co-host that she has the same thing. And I think that that's why uh-huh. they were such a dangerous alliance back in <laughs> Micronesia. But like uh-huh. when they're smiling and, and laughing, like it really can light up a room and she's just got to, you know, not get down. I think in Heroes versus Villains, we saw her start to get frustrated with the situation and things started to fall apart for her. But as long as she can, you know, keep up the optimism, I think that um, yeah. she that's, you know, her biggest weapon. Oh, well, absolutely. 
I was also very surprised to hear both Suri and JT downplay any sort of bad blood between them. And, and Suri and, and JT both said that they would like work with the other one. And uh, unless the other person was targeting them, you know, there wasn't going to be a problem. Yeah, I I guess I wasn't. Maybe I was a little bit surprised, but I think coming into it, into this, maybe it's just better to go in kind of saying like, hey, guys, no, we're all going to be cool here. I I don't know. Maybe they were just trying to set their set themselves up. I mean, the next day they were going to start to play. Right. So if they were going to spend the entire day talking to people like myself saying, yeah, there is bad blood against this person or you know, Siri saying it to JT or vice versa. Maybe it was it would be too much in the forefront of their mind going into the game. Maybe it was better to just kind of say, "Hey, no, all cool. I'm going into this, you know, fresh and with an open open mind." No, maybe it's just part of how you set yourself before you start the game. Yeah, and it just speaks to this bigger point that most of these players all felt like that. Oh no, this person that I've had bad blood with in the past or that I've worked with in the past, like, eh, you know. Um, I, I hope we can work together. Even, you mm-hmm. know, Tony talked about with Sarah that he was going to try yeah. to work with her. I feel like that maybe the closest that I saw, Malcolm said he would smile if Andrea went home before him. <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. But yeah. That's like, yeah. I mean, but that's not a that's not a huge slag. No, I'm, any saying, means, I'm surprised right? that yeah. there's not more. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I was, too. But, you know, I I mean, trash talking is fun and all, but I, I found that. The players were just being, you know, maybe they're being a little more honest and not just relying on like, you know, canned answers and obvious statements about rivalries and stuff. Maybe being a bit a little more authentic. I don't know. It's hard Mm -hmm. to know when you're doing 20 interviews in one day. Right. I can only imagine It's, it's very it's it's tough. I thought Aubrey was also another very interesting person that you spoke with. I, I thought that she had really her trademark self-awareness about her game yeah. in Korong. And again, they played so quick to when they filmed this season. I was very surprised also that she was the one person who said that she was really looking forward to working with Tony. She really that Tony was a big inspiration to her, that that was one of the reasons why she wanted to go on Survivor was that she watched Tony. Now, it didn't seem like that would be the person no. that someone like Aubrey. Well, she's the brain, right? It's It doesn't seem like the. It, it seems like an unlikely pairing. But I like that about I'd love to see those two together. You know, the odd couple. It'd be so fun to watch. I think Aubrey is, is a really fantastic player and a really cool human. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was I have to say, you know, even though I was supposed to be the, you know, the unbiased journalist for um, for Korong. Second chance. I, you know, I was, uh, I was definitely rooting for her, rooting for her, like throughout the show. I thought she just had, just had something special. And to see her go from being so afraid and unsure to, to such a, a force out there was a great, uh, a great um, part of the, a great part of the enjoyment for me of watching that season. Another person that you spoke to, Sierra Easton. I really was uh, surprised also at her confidence uh, coming into this game. And she really was laying out the narrative of how she played the first time. She didn't know what she was doing, but I felt like that she was talking about herself as now she has become the master of the survivor (laughs) game. The game has slowed down for her. And I was really, you know, that she was fine on second chances, but I didn't think that she was right there with a shot to win 
in second yeah. chances, and she came away from it. I, I've been very surprised uh, this whole whole preseason with her attitude going in. Are you really surprised at how at, at her confidence, though? I mean, she was like that before. I mean, she that's that's always been her. You know, come on, everybody, play. You know, I I, I want to see I want to see you guys play the way I'm playing. You know, she is a very uh, you know, an arrogant player, you know, she thinks mm-hmm. she's better. She thinks she's better than everybody. Right. I mean, it makes for great TV. Um, but it didn't surprise me at all that she, you know, now that she's had even more time to kind of look back and I guess study the game that she thinks she's the ultimate, right. That's what makes her Sierra. Yeah. But I think it's a bad idea for her. I think that if I was going to be coaching yeah. her going into this season, I, I think that she needs to try to reverse that narrative of everybody. Yeah. Hey, let's slow down here. What's the rush to play? We got 39 days here. Who's go? You know, we, we got all, so much time to figure everything out. Let's just relax for a little bit. And I think yeah. that people, especially in the early parts of the game, I think are going to be very wary of her. Yeah, I agree. I think she's got to be careful, especially right out of the gate. But I just don't think that that's who she is. I think she she has to come out big. That's just how she plays. And that'll be interesting. And, and believe me, I, I am a fan of hers that I really I thought she was going to do great in second chances. And mm-hmm. I'm just concerned about her positioning here and her attitude going into all this stuff. And believe me, it'll be a great season if it turns out that she's the winner and makes big moves up the yin yang. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> and, and Jeff Varner, and I touched on him earlier, that uh, he was night and day with, you yeah. know, from when you guys were talking to him going into Second Chances. And he seems like, and Josh had men- mentioned this when we had uh, spoken uh, the, the day that the cast came out, that Jeff seems like in a great place in life and he seems completely at ease, but it's a complete 180 from where he was in Second Chance. Oh, yeah. He even looks different. He's lost. He I don't know. Uh, uh, oh, he looks incredible. And he's, you know, he's said he's been spinning and doing yoga and he's in love, which, you know, I think is part of the reason he's looking so uh, upbeat mm-hmm. and, and uh, with a smile on his face. Um, yeah, I think he I think he watched, uh, you know, his before, earlier performance on Survivor and didn't like what he saw. And uh, but I and, and knew he could do better. And he does. I mean, I think socially, I think he's really well equipped to win this game. In fact, he was one of my picks. Um, when he played before, I was really disappointed to see he kind of lost it there because I think he's got a lot of the tools. And now that he's in better shape, you know, who knows? Maybe now he's the now now he's the complete package. Aaron, I love the analogy he made with you where he talked about that he was like a bottle of champagne that had been on the shelf for 15 years, that he was so <laughs> excited to be back that he was just all over the place. Now he thinks he can come in and be more calm. And I hope that that's the, yeah. the case. I just hope that his reputation doesn't precede him too much. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I, he's another one that I, uh, I've always had a, a little soft spot for. So I'll be, I'll be watching closely. And, and I, I think he's a great player. He's and his one liners. I mean, he, he's just, he's a clever, clever person too. So he makes for good TV. That's for sure. What other players made a really strong impression on you? Uh, well, I think I mentioned before, I, Zeke and Michaela were both interesting because I yeah. interviewed them yeah. before their season aired. Right. So right. I had, right. I had no idea who they were. I was going in blind, just like everybody else. Um, and I liked the two of them. And obviously I knew that they were back on the show for a reason. Um, you know, with Zeke, it was obviously his, uh, you know, his charm, his strategic mind. Uh, I, I liked him. He gave me a very good vibe. Um, but I have to say, I mean, Michaela, after watching her season and 
just her her dominance and challenges. I, I mean, as a woman, just watching her be able to 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 win that way. I mean, she's just a winner. Um, and I really look forward to seeing if she can, you know, continue to be that dominant force and challenges and that winner, but just scale back her, you know, the way she was, you know, she would share her, he, she shared her strategy last time, which basically was, you know, her downfall is just to keep a little more, a little tight lipped, maybe not to take something so seriously, you know, maybe just to be a little softer at times. I, I think um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how she adapts her game. I also thought Andrea was pretty interesting uh, coming into this because I think she's in a fun place in her survivor career where that she has been in a tribe where Boston Rob kept everything really on lockdown. And then for most of her game in Caramoan, there was Philip, who was sort of this uh, force that was, you know, being very controlling over everything. And it was only for a couple of days after Philip was gone that she was able to sort of like uh, move freely and potentially be a leader in her group mm-hmm. that she was in. And so now here she is now going back out on her own. I, I think that that's going to be fun to see how she handles that without having any of these like, uh, you know, dominant leaders looking over her shoulder, at least that yeah. I'm presuming that's how it's going to go. Yeah, that's true. Well, she's, she's grown up a lot. She was very young when she first appeared yeah. on the show. Yeah. She's, uh, you know, now she's a, a reporter, I believe, uh, I think in yeah. her, in yeah. her real life. Right. So she's had all this interaction with all different kinds of people. I mean, a big part of the job, I know I do the same kind of job, Mm -hmm. is how to adapt to certain personalities, how to make them feel comfortable, how to make them feel loved and warm. And and she's going to she's going to have some, I think, great, you know, some tricks up her sleeve um, based on what she's learned over the last few years. That would be my guess. Anyways, Aaron, do you think that skill set of interviewing people translates well to Survivor? I think so. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I've never played the game, but I, I like to think that you you have to be a bit of a chameleon to be in that role. And uh, and a big part, I mean, you know, you, you sometimes you only have five, 10 minutes with somebody. You don't have you don't have very long to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel like they're being listened to, like their opinion is is valued and, and all these kinds of things, you know, in, in Survivor can can push players, you know, can get players really far in the game. Another big takeaway that I got, I watched your conversation with Sierra Dawn Thomas, uh, and uh-huh. she talked about how she has a pregame alliance with Troy Zan. Yeah. That, I, I don't know. Yeah. Who knew? I don't know, where that, I don't know. I know. I know. Well, there's, you know, there's this survivor community, right? People connect via their. So I hear. The, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, you know better than anybody. Um, so yeah, Troy <laughs> no, Zan. I know worse I, than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I thought that was an odd, uh, an odd pairing as well. But you know, Troy Zan, yeah, Troy Zan, he's a, he's a strange cat, that one. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see him back at it. You know, I didn't get a chance to see your interview with him. Did you have any takeaways from talking with Troy Zan? Uh, other than, other than the fact that he's, he, I don't think he's changed a bit. I think we're probably going to mm-hmm. see the same kind of outlandish behavior, like probably I, I, I imagine his temper will uh, flare up again. I, I, he didn't seem to me like he was coming into this with anything new. I think he's just, I'm Troy Zan, I'm back and I love the game. I just want to be here. So you sound a little down on Troy Zan. Oh no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not down. I'm not down. I'm just, uh, I'm just interested to see what, 
everybody has up his sleep. Aaron, I've also seen uh, some of your interviews uh, with Jeff. How were Jeff's spirits going into Game Changers? Well, I think Jeff's spirits are always operating at a level that none of us could ever understand. <laughs> I mean, he, he, people love to ask me what it's, what Jeff Probst is like. And I, and I love to say that he's like, he's not of this world. He just, he has this, mm-hmm. this crazy, um, you know, intelligence and this, uh, this passion for the game is, um, you just, you know, he's being around him. You just feel excited about the show, right? Yeah. You just, yeah. he's so into it. Um, he loves the cast. You know, he's very interested to see the dynamics play out here. Uh, he loves Fiji. I mean, he's been very open about that, that it's his favorite place to, sh- to shoot the show. Um, so I think he likes the familiarity of it, right? Because it, you know, I'm sure in a lot of ways it makes his job a little easier. Um, and he just, you know, the scenery, everything that Fiji provides, he's totally into Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think he was pretty pumped. I was very surprised. You had asked Jeff in one of your interviews with him that I believe the question was, who is the best looking survivor of all time? <laughs> I know. And he said Haley, right? Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah, I, I know. I, with all due respect to Haley Ford. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't say that because it was the question was sexiest. And um, sexiest. Yeah, I know. I was really surprised at that answer, too. But you know what? Those kind of questions are so tough to answer, even for someone like Jeff Probst on the spot like that. You know, it's it's sometimes it's that first the first name that comes to mind because you don't want to sit there going, hum, ha, hmm, I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, but I was surprised. But I was also surprised to see her on Game Changers, weren't you? Well, now now things make a lot more sense, don't you think? Yeah, of course. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought I was really like, wow, that was not I, that would not have uh, been in my top five answers, at least if I'm trying to, like, guess what Jeff is going to say. You asked him also, who yeah. is the best player ever? And he answered Sandra. Yeah, he did. Which I that was a surprising answer for me to hear him say as well. I feel like that in the past, when I've heard him answer that question, I feel like that he's either said Parvati or Boston Rob. Yeah, it's true. He actually, I think Parvati is the name he's almost always thrown out. I, you know, maybe it's because, and, and this is something actually that Probst has said to me, and maybe he said it to you too in, in your interviews with him, but mm-hmm. he's kind of a, he's, he's very much in the moment. Yeah. You know, he, he knows a lot about the game. I mean, you can ask him, he, I mean, you can ask him about previous seasons. He knows, obviously, he knows what he's talking about. He's at the heart of it all. But, um, but I think he also is that person that okay, now it's game changers. You know, he's like he's not really thinking about last season or the season before that. He's in game changers world. So it didn't surprise me that his answers were game changers. Um, people from the game that are playing this season. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's very very present. Yeah, he threw out Sandra. He threw out Haley's name. Eh. It's it's kind of the way he rolls. And he'll be the first to admit that he's an in the moment kind of guy. Was there anything else about this season? Anything that they're planning that Jeff was able to tell you about the new season? Uh, I don't know how much I could reveal. Like there are a few little tidbits, but I can tell you about that. And this isn't a spoiler by any means, but um, I think the tribal this year is going to blow everyone's mind. It looks so cool. It is so unique and different compared to. I don't know how many, you know, the, the, the previous seasons, it just has a really cool feel to it, really captures the essence of, of that area. 
And uh, I think people are going to really love it. I know I, we were blown away by it. We were taking so many pictures and just going nuts over tribal. And it's a shipwreck, correct? Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's capitalizing on this on this nautical theme, right? Mm-hmm. That the you know, Fijian are seafaring people. And it just it just looks really fun. It's very different. Yeah, I think you like it. Okay, Aaron. So when we tune in on March 8th at 7.30 Eastern to mm-hmm. see the Survivor Game Changers, the ET Canada pre-show, what are we going to be seeing before Survivor kicks off? Well, you'll see recaps of you know my interviews with the 20 players, which will be fun and exciting. Uh, you'll get to see the marooning. Uh, you'll get a chance to see a bit of the tr- a bit of the first tribal, or at least some segments of it. Obviously, nothing that would ruin your experience of the show. Um, and you'll get a chance to see myself and my ET Canada team do a challenge, which uh, was humbling to say the least. Oh, <laughs> but, <yes. laughs> but fun! I got in the water, and yeah, I got to really feel like a like a true survivor out there with the dream team to test out the first challenge, which is so cool. Oh man. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just some beautiful, I mean, we pulled out all the stops on our shooting and, uh, you're going to get it, get a real feel for the scenery of Fiji and, and, and for the, the, the beauty of it all. It's going to be a really, really strong show. And I hope that those of us in the U S will be able to figure out a way to watch it as well. Don't be hoarding all of the good shows in ah! Canada. Oh, I won't. I won't. Well, we um, we're not. I don't. I believe we are accessible to American web browsers, okay, so you good. should be able to go. You should be able to watch the entire episode online after it airs. Believe so. me, Aaron, because I'm already stressing out about how do I watch uh, Big Brother Canada coming up the week after the Survivor oh. premiere. It's always <laughs> they, make, they make it very difficult. Oh, come on, Rob, you have connections, and all the Canadians are saying, "Oh, well, we don't get to watch all the videos on CBS.com." <laughs> it's true. Well, you know, you just have to make a call. Like, you know, you know the uh, higher ups, don't you, Rob? We'll figure it out. So well. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> all right. And, and then after the premiere, then I'm assuming the next day, you and Parvati are going to be back at it on the Post Tribal podcast, talking to not one, but two people kicked off of Game Changers. Exactly. Yeah, I can't wait to hook up with Parv again. It's, uh, it's been a little while oh. since we uh, played together and, uh, and yeah, she's, well, she's just such a, uh, intelligent, cool woman. She knows so much about the game. You know, I just kind of help with the flow of the podcast. Let's be honest. It's, it's really, it's about Parv's insight more than anything. So, uh, so I'm really excited for us to team up again and, and, you know, bring that, bring that female perspective to the uh, the Survivor podcast world. Yes, and uh, I'm sure she will be in good spirits as well as uh, she's newly engaged, too. Yes, she is. Oh, yeah. I Very, know. Exciting. Yeah, Very exciting. She's a pretty... <laughs> Pretty happy gal right now, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think that it's probably for the game changer that goes home first. I do think it takes a little bit of the sting off that somebody else is going to go home also the same night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true, isn't it? You yeah, get to share when, the night with somebody. Share the misery. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, but at that. least you were called. At least you were called a game changer to begin with. Not everybody can ha- put that on their resume. Yeah, not everybody can. All right. Aaron, uh, you have uh, so much great content uh, that you guys uh, really uh, outdone yourselves uh, with all these interviews and all of this content that you continue to post. So if we want to see it all first. Yep. Uh, yeah. Through etcanada.com is uh, is we'll have posts to we'll post pretty much everything we shoot will be there. 
Um, but I'll also be releasing some uh, exclusive content on uh, my own personal Instagram and um, and Twitter, which are at celebula.com. That's C-E-L-E-B-U-L-A. And uh, and you can see it all there. And then, you know, you just got to tune in on March 8th and watch our special. And we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes for this episode of the podcast. Aaron, uh, this was so much fun to uh, go yeah. through all this with you and get your insight. Thank you, Rob. You, man, you really do. You really watch those interviews. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I, I'm telling you, it was I, I really enjoyed myself getting a chance to watch all of this stuff because I think it just, uh, you know, I maybe it speaks to my education level, but I do feel like listening and watching, I can do no problem. The reading comprehension is not always great for me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you taking the time to go through them. You know, it also, it actually makes me want to go back and rewatch them all again, too. I think I might have to go back and just refresh, even for me, refresh my, uh, my knowledge a little bit going into uh, March 8th, but I think it's going to be a great season. I'm really excited and I'm excited to check out your podcast too. Okay. Well, thank you again for coming on and uh, all the best with the pre-show and uh, hope that we get a very fun season to talk about all season long. Absolutely. Cheers, Rob. Right. Thanks so much. Aaron. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right, there you have it. Aaron Sebula from ET Canada. Alex, are you finally going to go out and watch the ET Canada Survivor interviews? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I like to sound like I know what I'm talking about. So before the season starts, I'm going to I'm going to just sponge up all the all the information I can. Yeah, you need to start to brush up on the ET Canada to start to get ready for Big Brother Canada. Yeah, no, they definitely have, uh, you know, some feelers in that in that uh, well as well. Big Brother Canada kicking off only one week after the Survivor premiere. Overload. Crazy, right? Yeah, a couple months here and nothing. And then it all uh, it all comes full circle so quickly. All right. So we're going to switch gear. And we are going to bring you my conversation with Jillian Larson talking about the reality rally. But first, like you're in Big Brother mode already <laughs> for that. They don't say that on Big Brother Canada. But I've got a quick promo about what's coming up here on the podcast network of Robin's Podcast, Podcast One. Then I'll bring you my interview with Jillian Larson. Everybody knows that February is the shortest month of the year. But at Podcast One, we aren't taking any breaks. We've got a boatload of new shows coming your way this month. Like two from Forbes, Under 30, and The List. Or Postmortem with Mick Garris. And Clipcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the LA Clippers. But we're not done. Still to come this month, The Tea with Roxy Diaz and Nina Parker. The Raven Effect from Pro Wrestler Raven. A little bit of Growing the Dynasty with Jeff and Jessica Robertson. Plus, in upcoming weeks, shows from Kim Zolchak, Dina Tori Spelling, The Retronauts, and many more. To get more details, go to podcastone.com now. Podcastone.com. All right, everybody, I'm very excited to bring this woman back to the podcast that this is going to be coming up here in April, the seventh year of the reality rally. And I have to say that is Jillian, is this the seventh year that we're talking about it here on the podcast? It certainly is, Robin. Thank you so much for having me back again. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, Jillian, because you deserve it. Okay, okay. please welcome from Survivor Gabon and... Now, the seventh year running of the Reality Rally, the great Jillian Larson. That's great. Yes. Thank you. I don't know how I wear those shoes, but uh, uh, thank you so much. And thank you again. You've, you've just been so helpful, so supportive. And I just love that you're on board with us every year. Yes, seven years you've been with us. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Jillian. So thank you. Thank you for that. You and I, 2010, that was our magic year when I started Rob as a podcast and you started the Reality Rally. And look at us, still going. Yeah, you know what? That's 
true, Rob. You know, it's so. I always tell people it's really easy to have an idea because we all have them by the minute. Uh, it's reasonably easy to start something, but what's hard is to continue. <laughs> And that's what both of us have done. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, for me, Jillian, I don't this know what else I would do. So I don't know why you've kept the reality rally going. But it's probably been much more because it's been such a big success. Well, you know, the, everybody says, and I'll tell you what, at this time of the year, we're about six weeks out right now. And it's a lot of work to make this happen. But first of all, I have to just make sure that everybody knows it certainly was an idea out of my head and when I was booted off Survivor um, in the jungle of Gabon. However, it is successful because of everybody that hops on and helps. Uh, I have something, I think it's like 43 main production team members. Uh, and then there are about another 60 people under each of those that help plan it. And then 400 people on the weekend. Uh, People like you, your organization, your podcasting, helping us spread the word, our sponsors who hop on board. Uh, it, and it's, it wouldn't happen without everybody. But the reason it happens is because every one of us do this for a greater reason than being paid for it. We are it, you know, totally doing it because we know it makes a difference to the clients of Michelle's Place Breast Cancer Resource Center. Um, and that's why we keep doing it. It's hard work, but it is nothing like facing a devastating diagnosis like cancer, whether it be breast cancer or any cancer. Because I've lost three relatives to cancer and not breast. But, um, yeah, that's why we do it, Rob. Yes. I keep thinking this is easy compared to dealing with cancer. Well, you make it sound uh, easier than it actually is. I know that you work year round to make this happen. <laughs> Let me just set this up because I think that we had a lot of new listeners every year who may not know exactly what the reality rally is, but let me try to describe it. And you tell me if I get it right. So the reality rally okay. every year, uh, this is uh, one of the biggest reality events of the year. All these reality stars from Survivor, Big Brother, The Amazing Race, uh, Naked and Afraid, you name it. They come down to Temecula for this all-weekend extravaganza. Then all of the fans come on out. There's a bunch of stuff to do between parties at nighttime. And the coup de gras is a big, amazing race-style game, a scavenger hunt of sorts around Temecula, where you get to run around and compete with your favorite reality stars. And all of this is for the benefit of Michelle's Place, a breast cancer awareness charity. You got it, Rob. That's exactly what it's all about. Um, they, See, I've been paying attention all these years, Jillian. <laughs> I think you have. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I missed it if you said that we also have a lip sync because you didn't. You have not seen our lip sync. <laughs> no. And it is crazy fun. So, yeah. So if you don't mind, I'll just quickly run through the weekend, uh, obviously recapping what you just said. But we decided... Um, Oh, gosh, last year, but the year before, Ashley Sherman, who is uh, on, on one, I think it's Health Kitchen, excuse me, Ashley, if I got it wrong. Um, she mentioned that, hey, couldn't we do a lip sync? And I thought, wow, when would we fit it in? But we thought the more, the more we thought about it, so we realized it was going to be awesome. So we did a lip sync showdown last uh, April. We're doing it again. We have 14 performances. It's public versus celebrity. There are seven uh, public seven uh, celebrities and it was amazing so if anybody goes wants to see it you go to realityrally.com 
and click on the, uh, the Lip Sync Showdown. And it'll take you into our website where you can see a video from last year. And it's going to be just as awesome again this year. It is the, the, the costuming, the performances, the lighting, the sound. Everybody gets into it. It was great. And all of these events that I'll be mentioning are open to the public to help us raise funds for Michelle's Place. Okay. And obviously for those that care, want to re- meet these reality stars, which you just mentioned. <laughs> And then Wilson Creek is a red carpet celebration. Wait, hold on, we Julie. On the red don't, don't just yeah. blow through this lip sync and not let me ask any questions about it. So who who <laughs> okay, is going to oh, be lip syncing? The reality stars are lip syncing? And, and is there a list of who is going to perform? There is. It's half. It's seven reality stars and seven public. Uh, because the whole thing is public versus celebrity. Yes. Fans so, versus uh, favorites. We don't have the list. There you go. Perfect. That's exactly what it is. Uh, so, yeah, we don't have a list of them on the website yet, but we will be putting them on. Um, the, the entry for the competitors or the performances closed uh, last weekend. So, uh, yeah, maybe I could give you a few hints. Uh, your listeners could hear who's going to be performing. It is going to be, let me think now. I've got to think back to it. Is it um, you? Actually... No, I can't do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm too busy doing things. But, um, you know, actually what I will do is uh, refer everybody to Reality Rally Facebook. And if you scroll down several uh, posts, you'll see a video uh, in a Facebook post talking about who's performing. We did, we, we did it by lottery because we had too many people oh, answer. lottery. Because we can only do four teams. So we drew names out of a bucket and those people were announced. So I'm going to direct everybody to our Facebook. And while I'm saying that, if anybody out there does not, has not liked or is following Reality Rally Facebook, please do, because that's where we put all this awesome stuff that's happening. Facebook.com slash Reality Rally uh, for the Facebook page. And then uh, you can see Correct. who is going to be competing in the lip sync competition of course uh, the reality rally i don't know if we gave out the dates april 6th to the 8th in beautiful temecula california and uh, you could check that all out uh, on the facebook page and at realityrally.com okay so uh jillian you guys have a lot of parties going on at the wineries i know the reality stars like the wine and i know the people that like to come out also enjoy the wine so it's very nice that you have these at these beautiful wineries and, and the lip sync, actually, let me just take that one second back. Is the lip sync is actually at the Palo Mesa Resort, uh, where the reality stars stay. Yes. So it's not uh, at, at a winery. It's at a resort, and there is wine, and there's an open uh, a bar, a cash bar, and there's food. Yes. So, yes, and then to the party. First of all, actually, we take all the reality stars to Michelle's place. Because I want them to meet the family, the Watson family, who founded and started Michelle's place, and see the facility because the reality stars who attend have to raise a minimum of $500 to be part of the event and be here. Um, otherwise, it's just nothing but a huge, big, awesome, amazing, fun three-day weekend party. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's a fundraiser. So they go there, and then we go off to Wilson Creek Winery, who have sponsored and hosted us for the past, this will be their seventh year with us. Mm-hmm. And that's a red carpet. It's an, it's music. It's wine. It's food. We have fourteen restaurants that provide food for everybody to go around and and eat some food and enjoy that. 
mixing and mingling with reality stars, and then we have a casino night. And that goes on for about two and a half hours of that evening. That's at Wilson Creek on April 7th from 5 to 10. Tickets are on sale to all of what I'm mentioning on our website. Um, if you just click into the pictures of each event, it takes you to where you need to be on the website. And the tickets are only 25 bucks ahead to get into Wilson Creek. Uh, it is only 10 bucks to get into the lipstick. And uh, they, it goes up a few bucks if you could wait till the door, uh, till you buy the store. And that's a lot of fun. And then there are after parties at Telemesa. Wow. So people can go from one place to the next and have an after party. So that's, that's Friday. And then, as you said, our amazing race kind of game. Now, I wanted something that anybody could play because I'm even getting to the age where I don't know that I could do a Spartan or a Tough Mudder or something. And I wanted something that anybody would be able to play and capable of playing and designed this so that it's, I call it the amazing race kind of game, but it's more of an experience than it is uh, a race. But people actually do end up racing because they want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, they're about, uh, let's see, last year we had 79 teams. It's teams of three public with a reality star as their fourth member. And uh, they go to the theater and the history museum and the, and the children's museum and the stampede and, and the gunfighter a lot. They have to do something that reflects those organizations. So it's a pretty fun, significant game. And we even had two teams who had a wheelchair-bound contestant. So it absolutely is something everybody can do. Um, and that is on even Saturday me, Jillian? Rock you would ace it, (laughs) Jillian. Remember the year that I came in last place? (laughs) Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah, you blocked it out. Come back and play. (laughs) I did. Maybe you did too. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) But but you know what? Like I said, this is intended to be an experience. Mm -hmm. Now you had an experience. Oh, I had an experience. You went through all the challenges. Yeah. And and didn't race and not look what was what was around you. So you had the experience. Come back. I want to see you back again. Let's have a Rob <laughs> as a podcast team. You gotta do that. Yeah. Um, that's all, that's at some Saturday. point. Yeah. All right. Next year I'm gonna hold you to that. You're gonna be back. You know, you're I gonna, have said you're that gonna come in first. When my oldest son is uh, big enough, I, I thought about it this year of bringing him down there that I think that it's probably just going to be still too long of a day for him. But I think next year, I think that he would really get a kick out of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to remind you and I'm going to see you there and uh, we're gonna, you're going to play in that game again. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So that goes, that goes on, on Saturday morning uh, at starts out at City Hall in a really fun way. And that which you didn't see that year, we've really upped it a lot, and we now have a whole big skit and performance that sends the game off, which is very fun and very cool. Um, and then for three hours, this goes on. People come back running to the finish line, or walking, or rolling if they're in a wheelchair, um, and they're greeted by the Watson family. And there are trophies because there are eight divisions now. Everybody plays against everybody else, but there are divisions like corporate challenge. Inter-Valley City uh, teams representing the cities that are around us. We had seven cities represented last year. Uh, there's Battle of the Badges. There's Charity Chalice. So all of those teams uh, come in, um, and if they win, they get the trophies. The other thing is that we live stream it, and we do have a global following. And if you keep an eye on the website um, and on Reality Rally Facebook, 
we will be posting the live stream link so that mm. people can actually watch what's happening. And then in the afternoon, this is a family town and this event was meant for one of my other taglines in, is it? There's something in it for everybody. Um, the afternoon is a family festival. The reality stars are all lined up signing autographs and people go through the line with the commemorative program with the pictures of the stars in it. Uh, then we have characters from D Disneyland-like characters who come and meet families. And then they're games for children. And then on the steps of City Hall, which is our stage, we have performances. We have eight performing groups from adults to children that sing and dance and entertain people. And that goes on from 2 to 4 on April 8th. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we have the Celebrity Chef Showcase, which wow. is amazing. It is just like a culinary competition that you might see on Chops and Health Kitchen and shows like that. And this year it's going to be at Fazelli Sellers Winery. They are hosting and sponsoring us. And uh, the, the, the chefs are drawn randomly, uh, put in pairs in three teams and two heats uh, because we have 12 chefs coming, mostly from Hell's Kitchen because it's going to be a Hell's Kitchen kind of competition this year mm -hmm. by the looks of it. And then there's several other shows that uh, some of the chefs represent. Uh, and they've got uh, a very short time, like uh, 15 minutes to prepare something, pick their food off the pantry, cook it, present it to our judges. And at the end of that evening, which uh, is Fazelli Sellers Winery, April 8th, doors open at 6 and it ends at 9. And one team is declared the winner of the Celebrity Chef Showcase. And do people get to and eat what the chefs make? also live streamed. No, can't eat the sick. We have about four or 500 people that come. Mm -hmm. um, we're actually limited to 400 this year, so we're going to make sure that we've got our tickets well sold in advance. But only the judges do the tasting. Uh, it would be impossible for the chefs to prepare something that everybody could taste enough. And secondly, it puts us into a whole different ballpark <laughs> of permitting. So uh, I don't want to deal with that. All right. Maybe uh, but next we live stream year. that as well so people can see that. So, yeah, well, maybe. Maybe I'll have you come and be a, a, a judge and then oh. you can taste. <laughs> I do like judging, that? Jillian. Yes, I do. Well, I've got to keep that in mind, too. <laughs> uh, this year, the judges are all what I'm calling newsies and foodies. Uh, there are, uh, we've got 10 judges, and they're either in the news. They're newspaper uh, editors, uh, writers. I, I thought, like, in the news for, like, they were, like, uh, they did stuff that they were in the news. So this is, that's much better than oh, no, reporters. No, no. Yeah, yeah, these are the newspaper people. Um, so, yeah, right. so that's going to be a lot of fun as well. So, yeah. Um, so, anyway, it's fun. But uh, uh, I'd like to mention also so that people can come and enjoy this because Temecula is sort of an hour from either airport, Ontario or San Diego. Uh, we wanted to make it easy for out-of-town people to get here and also for people that might want to hang out with the reality stars the entire weekend. Uh, so we opened up what we call the VIP experience pass. And that is a $2,100 value that is we sell for a thousand. It is, it includes, it does not include flights, but it includes airport transport. It includes a hotel room for three nights for two people. Uh, it is transport all over with the stars to the different venues for the weekend, the, the meals that are included for the stars. Um, and it's, you're, you're amongst the stars for the whole weekend. But that closes, the sale of that closes this 
on Friday night, this on the 25th, I think it is, yeah. um, or the 27th, excuse me, we're closing it on the 27th uh, because we've got to get those beds booked and the seats for the buses and everything booked. It's a huge deal. Tickets to all the events, everything's included. It's a deal. Yeah. And it's convenient. And it's fun. Just it, think you're riding on the bus with some of the last Survivor contestants who will be with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully not the last ones ever. That's actually a very good deal. I I know it sounds like a lot of thousand dollars, but it's for two people, the thousand dollar package and between just the hotel room and the tickets and getting to the event. And then also just like the ride from the airport to the hotel that, you know, that can run you, you know, 50, $60 sometimes. So that is a it's good value. Yeah. Yeah. If you take your own transport, it's a hundred each way. So, um, so yeah, yeah, and three nights of the it's hotel is, uh, you know, sometimes yeah. you pay almost a thousand dollars for, uh, you know, a, a hotel room, and and the resort is very nice, also. Yes, it certainly is. It's a lovely resort, and uh, there are after parties there every night. Friday, well, it's not every night. Friday and Saturday, there are after parties after Wilson Creek and after the Celebrity Chef Showcase. Yeah. So there's this. It's fun, and it's all about raising funds enjoying ourselves, having an opportunity to do something different, uh, people to come in from out of town and see Temecula and get to know it a little bit more. Um, and, you know, it's, it's amazing. And this is why we do it. It's, first of all, a fundraiser. And people will say often to me is, why do you, why do you? and I have to say that this is not a me. I have now wonderful people that have come on board to help. We've got sponsors. We've got Reality stars obviously come. Actually, we ended up with 81 reality stars this year that did raise the money and are able to come. Um, some of them fell out because of work commitments, but we've ended up with 81, and I think it's from 28 different TV shows. And uh, we, we do it because it makes a difference. And the we is a production team of, I think it's 45 key production team members and another 50 people that work with those key people and then it's sponsors, reality stars, media, uh, video, photography. We have this enormous event with about 80% in-kind sponsorship and involvement. And we all do it because we know it makes a difference to people who are struggling with breast cancer and other cancers, actually. Um, and uh, you, you remember Jen Lyon, um, who passed away from Palau? Of course. From breast cancer when she was 36? Yeah. Uh, her parents have come every year. Her parents come and are part of it every year because the event is done in the name of three people who passed away, misdiagnosed from cancer. Jen from breast cancer at 36. Michelle from Michelle's place. She was 26. And then I have a brother who passed away at 56 because he was misdiagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. So we kind of do it as an awareness thing. Um, these people were guided poorly. And if anybody out there listening, first of all, if women, if you have not had a mammogram, go get one. If you've had a, a, an opinion that you're still not comfortable about, get a second opinion and, uh, you know, and keep going if you feel like your treatment hasn't been correct. So a lot of it is health awareness as well as just fun and fundraising. And then it's exposure for sponsors. We've got all kinds of things you can buy. You can be a casino table sponsor. You can, if you go check out the websites, you'll see all the opportunities that are there for purchase. 
So, um, yeah, everything's on the website. It's pretty cool. So let me just uh, bring up some of the people that are going to be there. Of course, uh, a great lineup, as usual, at the Reality Rally. You got your survivors, including your survivor winner, Adam Klein, is going to be there. Uh, you got your Figgy is going to be there this year. No yeah. Taylor, though, right? No. Just Figgy. <laughs> no, just Figgy. <laughs> just Figgy. Figgy, yeah. Figgy's coming. And Figgy is a lot of fun. Yep. <laughs> Sunday Berquist is going to be there. She is. You got your Lucy yep. is going to be there from this past season. Yep, she is. Okay, what other survivors and, do you have, uh, Jillian, besides yourself? Well, <laughs> Will was coming, but his uh, school schedule changed, so oh, he had Will to back Wall. out about a week ago. Or maybe, yeah, about two weeks ago, he had to back out. Um, yeah, other, Bob, Bob Crowley. Bob Crowley, yes. He's, he clearly is the winner of my season, like I always joke <laughs> with him. Um, I was booted. He never was. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. He comes here and uh, he does a great job. And, you know, he and John Vitae and Steve Pickett do an amazing event in Maine, uh, mm-hmm. the Durham Warriors Challenge. And that's, I think, in July again. So that's awesome. Ashley Trainer's coming back again. Yes. Um, and she's, she's going to be playing with the Three Amigos team, which oh. is John. Um, it is John and Steve and... Uh, she played with them a few years ago, uh, and they won. And uh, people say, well, of course they won because they got some skippets and U-turns, but they earn that. The game actually begins with fundraising. And the three amigos so far have raised, uh, I think it's now something like, I'm sorry, Steve and John, something like $9,000 already. So they, again, will be earning it. But everybody out there listening can earn a skip it or a U-turn by raising money. Uh, so if you've got a team and or if you want to help a team, you go to realityrally.com. And if you raise 1300 you get a skip it. If you raise uh, $4,000, you get a U-turn. So this is, this is all about fundraising, and it starts right there and then. Yeah. So yeah, Ashley Trainer is coming back. And the Three and Amigos dynasty said, will never be matched in the reality rally, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, last year they actually did a challenge. They were a checkpoint, but yeah. they decided they wanted to come back and have fun. So they did. They didn't want to do the checkpoint this year. Well, they had fun. I must say they had fun. So, uh, um, and then we've got Christina Korea and Bruce Kanagai, and sure. uh, and those. You know, those are from Survivor, uh, of course, from Big Brother. We've got Donnie Thompson coming back. Jason Roy coming back from Big Brother OTT. Um, and- what? He was on Big Brother OTT, Jillian. Oh, correct. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's right. And, and also Morgan Willett. The final uh, two. Morgan and there's two. Yeah, there's Morgan and Alex. There are two Willets coming. Two Willets. Uh, oh, so wow. That, yep. That's going to be a lot of fun, too. And then Bunky Miller, who's, of course, the Big Brother legend. Um, and who else is coming from Big Brother? I see quite uh, a few from Big Brother Canada. Right, Big Brother Canada. Yeah, Peter and Alec, and of yep. course Jordan Parhar. Who can forget? And John Party. So uh, a lot of yep. the uh, Big Brother Canada people are going to be there. And then uh, tell me about. I'm looking on the roster right now. You have a woman, Barbie Ingle, who was on Extreme Time Cheaters. Jillian, what happens on that show? Well, you know what? I'm not. She cheats on everybody, or she gets cheated on. <laughs> no, they cheat on time. But what I'm telling people is uh, that are listening to you is uh, you come back uh, 
to Reality Valley. You talk to Barbie and Ken is the other person that is, it's actually, they, they are together. They're, they're a married couple, Ken and Barbie. Okay. Um, and they can tell you all about the show. Time cheaters. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to spoil it by Don't telling spoil it, it completely for me. not correctly. Yes. But we have Amazing Race, Adam and Alex, uh, the two cousins who played on two seasons ago. Okay. Uh, and we have uh, Al Rios and uh, John White who played together several years ago. Yes. Um, so there are quite a few amazing racers. And then, and then you then get all these naked showing. and afraid people too, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A big showing of naked and afraid this year. Always. I think we've got like seven. Uh, they're, yeah, they're fun and they're great people and a um, lot of naked and afraid. Uh, <laughs> let's see who's coming from there. There's Aaron Phillips and there's Yeah, Amanda I don't know if anybody Lee. knows the names of the naked and afraid people. You could just say oh, that we did. have naked okay, and afraid but- people. <laughs> a lot. A lot of naked and afraid. They so sell themselves. And then of course, that's fine. <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, and then we've got... Uh, uh, the the celebrity chef shows. Yeah, uh, we've got and people. A lot of people watch those shows. Um, they you know they watch Chop, they watch Hell's Kitchen, they watch uh, you know Cutthroat Kitchen. Uh, one of the stars that's coming has just been on uh, Beat Bobby Flay. I think it was this week that he aired. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Yeah, and those guys are awesome. We also have a guy coming from uh, Rick and Ninja Warrior. Oh, and uh, that's. Yeah, I've talked to them several times when I've been up at events, um, but they haven't kind of, you know, the woman come down yet. <laughs> they keep saying, yeah, they want to do it, but they haven't yet. But yeah. uh, we have one that is local, Mike Burke, and he actually lost his wife to breast cancer who had used Michelle's Place services. So we're thrilled to have him on board um, because uh, that's very significant and meaningful. And also for people that may not know, Sunday Burquist, also recently fought breast cancer oh, and yeah. four years ago. And there's a great, uh, again, a Facebook post about her journey and how she felt that she left the, 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 the baggage of dealing with breast cancer on the island. Well, it's not quite an island as we know, uh, on Survivor. Um, she was able to get rid of the baggage that was it's an know, island, holding I her think. back. They play oh, in Fiji. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah, true. That is an island, yes. Uh, people well, always ask me what you island played. you are. <laughs> I know. Too bad. I wish it was. <laughs> so, um, yeah, too bad. It could have been better if it was an island. But then Reality Rally wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Uh, because that's when I dreamt it all up was in the jungle after I was booted, as you know. Yes. Um, um, so, yeah, we have a lot of, lot of people coming that are very interesting to talk to. Uh, Jody Wincheski's coming back again. She had a miss last year. She was signed up. We have a NFL football player who's come every year, you know. Um, so, yeah, I look at bit of everything for people if they're interested in different shows and different people. Yeah. But it's all about fundraising. And uh, Michelle Costa is another one from Big Brother who's super, super um, supportive and comes every year as well. All right. So, Jillian, it. The Reality Rally right around the corner, April 6th to the 8th. You can go to realityrally.com uh, for more information on all that or check it out on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash realityrally. Julian, you know, while I have you here, you know, we had spoken with Randy and Kenny uh, a few weeks ago when we heard the very sad news about Dan Kay, 
But I just wanted to ask you uh, if you had any fond memories of Dan Kay while I had you here on the podcast today. Um, actually, and thank you for asking, Rob. Um, Dan and I actually clicked the moment we hit our tribe uh, because he reminded me of my son-in-law and he and I just clicked mm-hmm. uh, and we chatted and everything. So we really had a, and we were always chatting behind the scenes in the jungle together. And I, you know, I saw him a few times in Boston afterwards and just terribly sad. You know, it's, a, it's to me, we talk about how these reality shows create the family for us which people who don't have not been on a reality show may not quite get, but it did. And Dan's passing made it so clear again within like 10 minutes. It was everywhere that he had passed and all of us were really struck and affected by that. I can't believe how affected I was by it, that this was, you know, one of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So, and, and I was very, very sad and leaving children behind and, um, yeah, and Dan was a great guy. He was he was a nervous wreck on Survivor. Uh, he was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I think I'm dehydrated. Oh my gosh, I think I'm a such stress. Um, but he was, he was, you know, a great person to have with us. And we spent, of course, we were in boot camp together. Mm-hmm. Both of us were booted. So we spent uh, five weeks basically together, or four weeks, because he was booted a little after me. But yeah, yeah we were in boot camp. We were in loser lodge, whatever you want to call it. And then, where did you guys go? Did you guys you guys went on a trip together with Dan? Well, we were um, what I call the castoffs. The others are the Klingons. Uh, <laughs> the castoffs went to. Um, we were flown a helicopter ride about an hour and a half away from where we were filming um, to a lighthouse, renovated lighthouse uh, that had beds and food and wine and jungles and candy bars and anything we wanted. But it was very remote and away from everything. And then they flew us for the last two weeks to a country called Seo Tome, which is off the coast of Gabon. And uh, that's where we spent our time. And that's when I created Reality Rally. I was actually training for a 60-mile walk. Uh, So I was walking in the jungle for five hours a day, Mm -hmm. uh, training to see that I could walk for five hours. (laughs) And that's when the ideas all came to me. And then when we went to Seo Tome, we weren't isolated. But people hadn't a clue who we were. We were the strangest group of people together. Yeah. Um, and I would walk again. And so I would walk and I found fishing villages and I found an orphanage and went and played with the kids and just had a really good good time as much as one could. Because, you know, we have no family. You know, we you, you're isolated. You're away from everything you know. Mm-hmm. So you do become a family with the people that you're with. All right. So, yeah, thanks for asking about Dan, and uh, it was very sad that we lost another one of our Survivor family. Yeah, very tragic, uh, especially uh, to lose a uh, a young person like uh, Dan. But when you guys were out in that jungle, you know, you came up with the idea of the reality rally, and now uh, here it is coming back for year number seven. And uh, you know, who knows? Who knows where it's going, Jillian? That uh, you've raised so much money for. Uh, Michelle's place over the years. Have you come up? Do you do you know the tally of how much money you've raised through the reality rally? I actually haven't, and I, some people ask me that, and I've got to I've got to kind of look at it and pull it all together over the seven years. Uh, but last year was one hundred and seventy four thousand. Yeah, and I'd also like to mention, and the reason why I'm so grateful that you and others do podcasting for us, talking to your people all over the world, um, is that the donations we had thirteen hundred and ninety two donations that came through the reality stars and the teams. It came from 695 cities 
It came from 14 countries and it came from 47 states. So you see what a significant impact you guys make when you help us spread the word. Because then people all out there listening know and they can still donate. You can go to realityrally.com and you can click on the Reality Stars. Find one of the stars that you'd like to help raise more because we're still raising money. And those that have raised the most by April 1st will get additional recognition on the red carpet and everywhere. And then our volunteers come from everywhere. We had 348 volunteers that came from 34 cities and five states and two countries. Um, We had people come from South Africa. We had people come from Australia. So, you know, the ideas that have blossomed out of me being booted or survivor and due to everybody that helps us make this happen, this wonderful group of production team volunteers and the sponsors and just everybody um, has really made an impact. And in so many ways, there's so many lovely ripple stories that people have had happen because of Reality Rally. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very, very, it's, it's, it's actually humbling to think that such a thing can actually happen. And I'm so grateful every day for everybody that makes this happen because it's, it's amazing. And we all do it for, I don't know why. I don't know why we all do this. And I always tell people, because now you can't see, because what I'm doing is I'm putting my hand on my heart. We all do it for that, our hearts, and not for that, which is an outstretched hand, which is asking for money. Otherwise, believe me, we, couldn't, we could not be paid enough to do what we do. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a work of love, and I appreciate you guys helping you know, spread the word. So, yeah, I want you back again next, next year, Rob. Come back. Okay. I, I do. I want to get out there, and I want to take uh, Dominic to come and uh, see everybody. And uh, I, think, I think he'd really get a kick out of it. I just think it's too long a day for him right now. But, Jillian, uh, kudos sure. again for all of the hard work you do. I know you work tirelessly all year round and uh, 365 days out of the year. So thanks for all of the hard work you do, uh, both for all the people that attend the event and then uh, for raising all that money for Michelle's place. And if people want to check out the link to get tickets or to make a donation, go to realityrally.com. All right, Jillian, well, I'll let you get back to work. Thank you, Rob, and uh, appreciate it. And I want to see you back on a team next year. Uh, doing <laughs> well, some interviews I said I would go again, Jillian. And... I didn't say I would play in the race again. Okay, but I will also have you I'm in retired. the judge for the chef showcase. Okay, yes. You're that's... not retired. <laughs> that's good. Got it. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. And thank you to all the listeners out there. I really appreciate uh, you guys following what we do and listening to what Rob has to say all the time. You have to get, <laughs> I appreciate so thank it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. Bye, Thanks. Bye. All right, well, there you have it. Jillian Larson. Uh, get you more pumped up for the reality rally or impossible? Oh, impossible, Rob. I just, I can't wait. This has been something, this has been years in the making. It's a great event. They do a great job. And everybody has a lot of fun that goes down there to Temecula. That's from April 6th to the 8th of this year. All right. So I'm going to leave it there. Coming up next on the podcast, we have a really fun game changer preview. First, I'm going to be talking with Lindsay Resco about the two times out for JT. What's a thumbs up or thumbs down on JT this season for you, Alex? Oh, thumbs way up. Thumbs way up. You're a big JT guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, to me, it's a little bit of the, you know, I hate to go to the big brother. Well, but you know, we are talking about Frank coming back to the big brother house this summer and how he looked like a little bit of an older Frank. Yeah. And I, well, no, it went terrible, but (laughs) my expectations going in were, you know, Frank's going to do great. He's my winner pick. I I think the logic applies here with JT, you know, just because it didn't play out the way it should have Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it won't this time. Okay. So we're going to talk JT. 
it. I think Lindsay did a really great job of getting inside the head of JT. So hopefully you guys and Stephen Fishback will all enjoy that episode. And then the long-awaited fan favorite, Sierra Dawn Thomas. Tom Tamillo will be joining me to talk about, to make the case for Sierra Dawn Thomas and why she is a true game changer. So we have that coming up. JT, fan favorite Sierra Dawn Thomas, all on the next episode of Rob is a Podcast. Jam-packed. Jam-packed. And if you missed it on Wednesday night, our Hunted recap is up. Episode number six. Myself, Kurt Clark, Liana, Boris all went over the penultimate episode of Hunted to get ready for Wednesday night's Hunted season finale. You're going to get on board with the Hunted train? Yep. Hunted season two casting started. Oh, wow. They're wasting little time. (laughs) Yeah. They're right back at it. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you want to make sure you don't miss anything, subscribe to the podcast. Go to robiswebsite.com slash iTunes. Looking forward to hearing what you guys had to say in the comments on robiswebsite.com. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.